You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. This podcast contains potentially adult language, adult themes, definitely drinking, and possibly sexual context. Listener discretion is advised. edition, which is rapid fire, which we didn't tell our guests before we started recording. So that makes it fun. Yay! Don't forget to like and subscribe and review us. We love it. And of course, if you have an author or you are an author, if you have an author you would like to be on the show or you are an author, this is what happens after I've been drinking and I try to do You can email us at drinkingwithauthors at gmail.com. We will hunt them down and get them on here or you can join us. Um, my, um, our sponsor today is Skunk Brothers Spirits, DWA10 is the coupon code. I'll remember, I have a postie that tells me all this stuff so that I don't forget it. Okay, so my amazing co-host today is Danielle Orsino, who is completely dressed up. And if you're not watching this YouTube, you need to do that. She looks like a fairy queen. It's amazing. There are horns. It's pretty awesome. And Thank our you. amazing guest today is Julian Baca. Um, okay, you ready, Julian, for rapid fire question? Oh, we got to talk about what we're drinking. I'm doing so well. Oh, you see, you're, you're gone. Gone. Okay, so I have the last, which is probably a good thing, of my sangria that has raspberries and blueberries floating in it. Dun, dun, dun. So fancy. You're what fancy, are you drinking, fancy. Danielle? I have barefoot red Moscato in my unicorn goblet. I need a fairy queen. So my glass here is actually plastic. I'm not allowed to have glass wine glasses because <laughs> obviously oh, so yes. you see this is unstemmed because I am clumsy as fuck. Yes, that's mm-hmm. gorgeous. That's absolutely beautiful. I don't think I can break that because it's metal. That is so gorgeous. Okay. We yeah, real quick though, I gotta say, Danielle, what's great about the um, the armchair that you're sitting in with the with you know the um, behind you that gosh, I don't know, what is that a divider or whatever? It makes it look like you're in a throne. Exactly. You see, you get the feel, you get the vibe. Here. It's inc- it's incredible. Um, I just uh, just put that together. Um, so I'm drinking a Memphis based. Um, it's from a Memphis based brewery called Wiseacre. It's called Tiny Bomb. And it's a nice, refreshing, crisp pilsner. Um, and so, since it's a scorching summer day here in Nashville, it just felt uh, very appropriate. Very. Cool. There you go. I love it. Okay, here's your first question. What is your favorite book of all time? Oh my gosh. Uh, okay. Uh, dang it. Goblet of Fire, the fourth book in the Harry Potter series, I think, because. I was very young when I read it, and the twists, plural twists, at the end blew my mind as a young reader. I remember just not seeing any of it coming. I won't get into the spoilers because I'm sure there's one or two listeners who maybe haven't read it. it. Oh, well, there you go. So, um, but yes, the fourth—it's the fourth installment in uh, in the Harry Potter series, *The Goblet of Fire*. That's that's probably my my gut answer to that. Very cool. What is your least favorite book? <clears throat> oh gosh, 
why would you, okay. I gotta make sure I don't know the author when I give the, no. Um, and it's again, back to the topic on the previous podcast, you don't have to love every single book. That's true, it's true. Yeah, yeah. it's so true. Um, oh gosh, that is such a good one. Okay, let me think here. It's probably gonna be a book that wasn't in the genre that I typically like to read. Um, okay, oh gosh. This this kills me to say this. Okay, here here can can I can I can I like caveat it with something? Can I? That's your podcast. Caveat it. Okay. <laughs> it's 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 not my least favorite book of all time. It's the book that I read recently that I liked the least. <laughs> yeah, you can tell you're killing me with this question. It's this, I see it's that. This, like how to backpedal yeah. away from the. I know. Gosh, I know. Gosh, I'm. I've PC man I'm, PC. I'm so far backpedaled. I'm out the the door in yeah. the front yard. I'm just gone. Okay. Yeah. It's this. It's okay. So it was a very. It's a very slim novel. It was translated from uh, from Japanese. It's called Territory of Light. Um, it's a very. Um, it's basically just like this little vignette or this portrait of this uh, recently divorced mother living with her child in an apartment. And I just like I wanted to love it, but I just felt like it was it was just very meandering, very slow, and I just couldn't ever get into it. So territory of light is is my answer. Okay, you did it. You made it through. That's okay. Deep breaths, you'll be fine. What is your um what do you feel um somebody took a book and made it into a movie or a TV show and they did a really good job of it? Oh. Oh, that's really good. Um, okay, let's see. Okay, this is kind of cheating. Um, no, 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 screw it. I'm gonna do this one, screw it. Um, Hulu did a limited series on John Green's Looking for Alaska a couple of years ago. And um, it's one of those rare adaptations that um, took lots of creative liberties with the source material and instead of it being to the show's detriment, it actually elevated the source material. Um, so I would highly recommend anyone who's listening to this, if you like John Green, if you like YA, Young Adult, go watch Looking for Alaska on Hulu. Very cool. Now the opposite, where did they take a book and whatever they did with it was terrible. Uh, this is this this one's a, a I think a no-brainer. Um, I'm I'm definitely not on an island on this one. Um, but there was a middle grade fantasy that came out a number of years ago. A number of years ago called Aragon. Um, it's yes. a yes the 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 um, the story mm-hmm. of Aragon. It was like a, a four-part epic uh, series. The movie is awful. It's just terrible. Um, and it's unfortunate because it had so many good things going for it, like. John Malkovich mm-hmm. as the villain, like yep. you, a, fan, a fantasy with John Malkovich as the, as the villain, as the Darth Vader of the story. Yes, please. And yet it's just not good. So definitely the Air, Aragon adaptation. Agreed. Agreed. Danielle, do you have a question, my friend? Uh, what is, you've discussed your writing process, but is there one thing you have to have when you write? Is it a lucky pen? Is it a notebook? Do you have to have something with you for good luck? 
So um, this one is, it's not a must have. It's, it's I, I definitely have it with me when I'm writing at home. Um, it's, it's difficult to take it to coffee shops, but a candle or some kind of like essential oils diffuser or whatever. I just, I love having that scent and, and having that, um, that sort of, you know, that I just love that sense being triggered. Um, if I feel like it triggers inspiration. So that's super corny, but I, I just, I love a good candle. I just, I love is a good there a scent that you enjoy the most. Like you go I, for, is it anything? I really like pine. I love pine. I love like, you know, timber, wood, like, you know, um, kind of, you know, foresty kind of scents. Um, that's definitely what the, the kinds of, you know, candles that I gravitate toward. Very cool. What about um, if you could be any mythical or paranormal creature, what would you be and why? Oh, minotaurs are cool. They're very like Ooh. menacing and like, you know, they, they command like a scene. Like I just, um, I just introduced my, my, my kiddos to, um, actually this was another example of uh, actually another, it could have been another an answer for bad movie adaptation. Uh, but the Chronicles of Narnia came out like six or seven years ago, yeah. The Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe. It wasn't awful, but it, it was, it just wasn't that good. It's kind of forgettable. Um, but I love the minotaurs in that. They've got these really cool axes, like, and they're just really, they're wearing armor, they're armor clad, and um, they just look really cool. I don't know, I just like, I just like how they look. <laughs> we have not had that answer before, and somebody wants to be a minotaur, so very cool. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> There's a first for anything. When you said I introduced my kids, I was like, is he going to say Ooh. Percy Jackson? Because I don't think I want to be one of I thought we were cars. going Percy Jackson too for a second. I was <laughs> like, I think we're going Percy, but maybe not. Do you yeah, guys have I strong know. feelings about that series? No, I I think Percy Jackson, I actually don't think they did a horrible with it. Obviously, they went older with it. It'll be interesting to see what they do with the TV show version of it. Because yeah. they're taking on a younger person. And I kind of get why they went a little bit older with it. But that's a different topic. More... The Minotaur, because I was trying to think where Minotaurs were placed, especially because you're a huge fan of young adult. And I'm like, where is he getting yeah. the Minotaurs? Because yeah. I play Dungeons and Dragons, and Minotaurs oh, are a completely different thing when you are in some of these worlds. And you look at like Percy Jackson, that's not a pleasant experience. That's a monster, like yeah. full on monster. And I was yeah. like, where is he yeah. going with this? Like, it's yeah. a weird it's it's admitted it's admittedly a weird answer but i just they're just so i just think they're so cool looking i don't know no i like it okay <laughs> yeah. what about um if you could be the lead character in any story but you have to live their life meaning you don't get to choose to be mm -hmm. you know superman without being abandoned as a child in kryptonite blah 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 like you have to live their entire story who would you be gosh I think I mentioned this in the other podcast, but I think it would probably be Quentin Coldwater from the Magicians trilogy. I really am, I love his arc in, in that trilogy. I love that series so much. Um, and the show isn't half bad. Yeah. No, the um, show is pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Um, I would say probably Quentin's story. Um, 
I just like the angsty college aged kid, you know, mm -hmm. who's obsessed with fantasy and then ends up getting into a fantasy college or whatever. I just, it's a really cool story. So probably Quentin. He's got a cool story. Who would be, who would you choose as a sidekick? And it doesn't have to be Quentin's sidekick. Who would you sure. choose to be your sidekick? Oh, who would be my sidekick or who? No, who would like, be your sidekick in life? If you could choose any sidekick from a book. Hermione Granger from Harry Potter. Oh my gosh. She's mm -hmm. book smart. She's brilliant. She's witty. She's sharp. Like she gets Harry and Ron out of so many binds, out of so many pickles. Hermione. It's a note. That's Hermione. Me and my boyfriend um, like to sometimes sit and watch like all the movies in a series, like just sit down and binge them. And we create drinking games with them. We're whiskey drinkers. We actually you made butterbeer, alcoholic butterbeer for this particular binge. Don't do that, by the way, if you're binging. It's okay. It's just like a drink, but it is way too sweet to binge, just oh, for the sure. record. But we were like, okay, what do we base this on? And we looked up some online and I was like, how about every time Hermione saves them? Yeah. By moving to, we had to change what we were doing because that's all that happens like over and over and over yes. and i was like i've never awesome. seen harry potter oh, oh danielle you, she is... i've never read them i've never seen them danielle i know i know i feel like i'm committing some like author sin here some fantasy sin but no i, I yeah no, I've no the, i know yeah, are great the movies are really well done and the cast stays consistent throughout yeah. Besides um, Dumbledore, who unfortunately the actor passed away during right. the I, yeah. and whatever. You know but, that was supposed to be Robin Williams. No. What? Okay, so here, yeah. All right, now I'm gonna drop a little, I'm gonna drop a little gossip right now, a little tea. Okay, so Dumbledore was supposed to be Robin Williams. He was actually at the table ready to sign. And that's when JK went in and went, huh, no in my contract it stated that the entire cast must be british so this is a pass and oh she went in word. and actually flexed her muscles and said no 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 and robin williams got up and exited but he was the original dumbledore and he was supposed to play him but in her contract it stated that the entire cast must be british and oh so they goodness. had to pass on him in a very, I think, positive way would have changed the kind of tone of the way Dumbledore came across. Because I have mm -hmm. to say in the books, he's much more like that than he is the characters yes. that play in the movie. You haven't read the Agreed. book, you know, but he is much more cheeky than he comes yes. across in the movies. He's much more serious in the yeah. movie. Yes. Yeah. So that was my they knowledge did. drop. <laughs> they, in the movies, they, it's almost like their direction was like you, you know what ian did with gandalf do just do that you know or you know oh. it's, you were like more sage and more wise you know which is fine but like you're absolutely right he's far more he's he's cheeky he's he's witty he's you know yeah he wanted to play him was at the table ready to go Gosh, and they felt so that would have been the first that was the first signing for the for the cast would have been that's wild robin williams and she said no and um extra muscles on that so that's all i can add to the harry potter conversation sorry <laughs> that's, that's all i got that's mind-blowing okay okay next question what is your favorite weird food combination 
Oh, weird combination, food, weird combination. Okay, this is weird. This is very weird. Growing up, there was a dish that my mom would make when we were kids. It was Mexican rice with chopped up bananas. And she would, huh. and we would have those in bowls. And that wasn't a meal, that was more like a snack. Um, but we would have Mexican rice with chopped up bananas. And it bananas, sounds- not plantains, bananas. Not, plant, not plantains, yeah. bananas. It sounds repulsive, but there's, even as we're talking about it, I can clearly like, I'm, I can taste it right now. And there's just something nostalgic about it. Now, I'm not gonna introduce that to my kids. But it's a nice, fun thing to like remember, and it's nostalgic. Um, that's probably at the top of the weird food combo list. So <laughs> I'm we sure. Yeah. Uh, CR Rice, who does co-hosting with me, are making a list of all these weird foods people are telling us, and one day we're going to sit down and just try them all. That's a great well, idea. I'm going to record it called the Weird Food yes. Episode, but I will have to tell her about the bananas and Mexican rice so that she adds that to our list immediately. <laughs> and we're going yeah. to, um, and was it warm? Wow. I need to understand. Yes. The, it's the, warm. The, the, the rice was warm, the banana was room temperature. Oh gosh, okay. Um, <laughs> All you, Erica. Yeah, no, that's, that's what we're gonna do. That's what Sorry we're gonna in advance. Do. I feel like uh, I need what? to just I'll, apologize. I'll be there for filming though. There you go. I'll, I'll, I'll be behind the camera on that one. There you go. Wow. Wow, 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 wow. Okay, okay, Danielle, you have to, you have to go next. Yeah, if there's one fantasy world you could visit, book or movie, where would it be? Oh gosh, this is such a cliche answer, but The Shire. I just, I love the the book, The Hobbit, and I love the movies of the Lord. Now, now, full confession, I haven't read. Lord of the Rings, Two Towers, or Return of the King. I've read The Hobbit multiple times and seen the movies, obviously. But The Shire just looks so magical. Um, and they're all about- The Shire and The Hobbit, not The Shire and The Return of the King, because- Yes. Yeah. Yes. The movies cover what happens in the book, so. It's a little different. Isn't there a flash forward or a vision of The Shire being like overtaken? It is in Return of the King. Yeah. No, I mean in Return of the King. But I think there's, there's they, a, um, a vision. A, like there's a dream a vision, But there's not, they, don't, they let Wormtum go and he's the one that ends up in the Shire doing bad stuff. Yeah. So there is, I mean, they recover it, but he sure, does sure. go there after stuff. So, um, okay. Uh, what was my, oh, what is, what do you feel like as a writer is something that you do that your editor goes, what are you doing? Like, we all have things that we do, you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, that's a good one. Um, <laughs> I, I have characters deadpan a lot. And I feel like if you were to do like a control F in my manuscripts, there would be far too many, this character deadpanned this character deadpan like I just I love dry humor and I love characters you know giving a response deadpan um and so that's I, I my editor has had to re real like really just kind of rein that in a lot <laughs> and but I've, I've heard other authors specifically with deadpan for whatever reason that's a fun like visual device 
because you can like when I when when you're reading that a character deadpans a line of dialogue or something or just deadpans you see that immediately you know what they're doing they're giving an expressionless you know almost kind of like really kind of look um and so I just I love that and so I, that has to get reined in a lot no my use my use deadpan <laughs> that's okay I think we all have these little things that we do that yeah that editors are like what are you doing <laughs> I know some authors that can't pick attempts to save their lives, no matter how much you go over it with them. They're like, oh. you know, present tense, past tense, present, present, past, past. Yeah. Like, just choose, choose one, one, one way or the other. Then some of us think it makes us interesting when we do that and just say, <laughs> that's you know, the words the editors use when you're, yeah. Oh, that's good. Okay, good then move. over to you, my friend. Uh, is there an animal, we know that you like the minotaurs, but is there another animal that you consider your spirit animal? It can be real or mythical. Yeah. Um, so we, we've always had cats. Growing up, we had multiple cats as a kid uh, in our house, um, rescues. Um, we have a cat now. Her name's Mandy. I thought maybe she would make an appearance, but she's not, not yet made one. Um, but cats, I mean, gosh, they have so much depth and so much character to them. Like, Dogs are so great because they they their love is is unconditional, but cats very much have a there's like you kind of have to earn it, and you know there's just this like I don't know they and they sleep so much and doesn't that just sound nice? Um, I get I just I love cats I do I love cats. Cats would be my answer. My cats are all assholes so. <laughs> my cats are not like earn the love they're like oh you're still here. And then when I them for a couple of days they come they're like well where were you and I'm like I'm sorry you just need to like account for me during the day because they will literally come and scream at me and I'm like what and they're like I don't know where you were for three days but you were not here and, and I'm like your food is an automatic feeder nothing changed like you weren't without they're like yeah but we just need to be able to walk in the room look at you every now and then and then leave and I'm like Yep. that's my cats that's the sum up of my horrible ridiculous terrible feelings i love it um, okay so what is on your anti-bucket list meaning you will never do this again oh does it have to be i'll never do this again or i'll never do it like ever like i'll never touch that or is it like it has to be something i've already done well, I guess it could be either. It's your show. And then I'm going to give okay. Danielle the final question. So prep the final okay. question, Danielle. Got so it. Okay. What is something that you you have done or you go, nope, never going to do that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that I think that's um, easier to answer for me. Um, I don't, I don't think I'll ever do or touch like gory, like, gr like really graphic, like horror genre um in in writing i don't mm -hmm. it's not what i typically read and so i just i don't know if i'll be if i would be able to get in that sort of mindset that mind place that headspace rather of being able to like go there um like the farthest i can even go there is like i'm sure you guys remember the show dexter um yep. that was a, that was a, and that's based on a book as well um, but I loved Dexter. I, I consumed it. But there were episodes where it, they would go some dark places. Yeah. Um, and so as a writer, I just don't know that I could ever go like 
into the mind of like a, a, a serial killer and just do something like super, super dark in my story. You are in a serial killer series. Do you? I was, just, I was laughing. I was like, oh. Yeah, Danielle's like looking going, oh, no, that's what I write. I write and I, it doesn't have happy endings, so. And I'm sure you do it incredibly well and incredibly effective. I just couldn't, I it, you, somebody would be able to see right through it if I no, attempted that it, genre. It goes very dark, trust me. I make jokes about my search history all the time because. <laughs> yeah. I'm the sure FBI I watched this at this it? point. Like absolutely on watch list. I'm sure that hey. could be even watching my house going. Go. She's gonna kill Inc- me in her basement. Incognito mode. You just got to use incognito mode. There you go. That's yeah. That or they're just like, ah, Erica again. Don't worry about it. That's okay. I have my friend and my boyfriend all lined up to take my books into the police station when it comes up to go. Oh my god. No, she's really she's an author. I Although I don't know if you saw this, but there was a woman who wrote a book about killing. Um, the lead character kills her husband in the book, and this woman killed her husband. Yep. The same way yep. it's done in the book. So she. Duh. I was like, my my boyfriend found this and he said it to me. And he's like, "Don't get any ideas." <laughs> and I'm like, "Listen, I understand how the degrees of separation work. I understand how forensic works. Oh God! If you're gonna die, it's gonna be because we go on a road trip that to the canyon without your cell phone and that's how that's going to happen because otherwise you get caught people are done you know you know it's funny though like as you were talking it just reminded me i did have a fun concept for a, a ya thriller where basically like the, the the hook is how do you commit a murder with the entire world watching and so the premise is there's like these eight or nine teens, and I drew inspiration from the show Big Brother where you know 12 strangers are in a house for three months and the last contestant standing wins half a million dollars. Well, what if there was a murder committed on one of those shows where there's live feeds, everybody's constantly watching, how could you possibly get away with that? And so that was sort of the hook. Um, so if I ever do explore that story, I may have to tap you, Erica, for some feel free because for some tips. The thing is, that's interesting is because I watch a lot of true crime and I read a lot mm. of stuff and I go down very dark. If you ever read my stuff, which it doesn't sound like it's your kind of thing, it goes very dark. I go very mm. dark because I also think there's a lot of horror writers that don't kind of go past that one threshold of being right. Like I always when when. I've read my stories aloud, or I've been fortunate to have some actors read my stories aloud. I really like it when the audience is like, what the hell just happened? Or <laughs> is uncomfortable. Because I like hitting that level of horror where the, you're actually uncomfortable because of what yeah. you're reading. Not because it's gory, but because it hits that closer There's a visceral because yes. there's, reaction. Yeah, there's yeah. so much true crime stuff that happens like there's a new um, series on, or a new documentary on Netflix, something about the girl. I forget it. The the girl in the picture. Plain, right? Not Plainville. Not the girl from Plainville. That's on Hulu, right? No, no. It's the girl oh. in the picture. I think is what it's called. Maybe. Yeah. And it's like this horrible story of this girl who is basically the. I, I'll give it away if I tell the ending. But like when you get to the end and you find out where she was from and her true history, it's horrific and you would wow. never think something like this oh i know could happen, yeah right i know which one yes yeah. yes now yeah. yeah i don't want to give away the ending 
No, but, you can't. You can't. Yeah, yeah. You, you can't. And it, it's a true story. And if I wrote that as a book, people would go, no, nah, come no, on. no yep. come on. But it happens. It's amazing how stuff happens in real life that if you put it in fiction, people wouldn't buy it. They'd say, oh, that would never happen. But it but it does. Yeah, yep. that's so interesting. You know what you just reminded me of, too? Um, I've been um, watching, I'm really late to this party. I'm sure you guys are all over it. There's a phenomenal show that was on ABC for years called Castle. Oh, yeah. Oh, I love Castle. Castle. It's so good. It is so good. I'm on the third season halfway through, and I just, I love it so much. Nathan Fillion, love him. He's great. He's so good. Um, have you, so you've seen it then, Erica? Yeah. Oh, Nathan Fillion. I'm, I love yes. Nathan Fillion. And almost oh. everything, I feel like he just shows up and contributes to it. Oh, yeah. He's yes. he, eleva he elevates it. Yeah. yeah. He's one of my favorite characters on the Santa Clara diet. When she kills him, he's just a head. He's and in that? He was Joey on One Life to Live is where he started. Yeah, no, he's in, um, he's in the Santa Clara diet. He's a competing realtor and Drew Barrymore's character eats him because she's a zombie. <laughs> but he ends up, his head is still talking. So he ends up working for them doing deals over the phone with this. I need to see this show. It's phenomenal. It is. Okay, I'm that's on my watch. That's on, I ju that just bumped up on my watch list. And it's horror, but it's not too, it's not very gory. It's not dark horror. It's like comedic horror. Yeah. I was going to say yeah. it's dark comedy. Yeah, dark comedy, really. Okay, I'm, looking, I'm, I'm definitely looking that up. Okay, Danielle, you get the final question, my friend. Okay, if you had to come face to face with one of these three things, which would it be? The Loch Ness Monster, Bigfoot, or UFO? Not UFO. We'll cross that off. Heck no. Okay. That's that's no, Loch Ness water scared like 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 just the unknown of, of water and depth that like unsettles me already. Bigfoot, gosh, Bigfoot probably. Yeah, I. Yeah, Bigfoot. That's a great question. That is a phenomenal question. <laughs> I think know, Bigfoot. I, I've been watching so much on cryptids. Um, Mark Muncy, who is sometimes a co-host, but he's an author. He does these books called eerie florida he just did eerie appalachia which goes Ooh. over bigfoot and the mothman and stuff like that and what he does is he finds these folk tales and he traces them all the way back to where they originated where did That's they fun. start and he doesn't do it to debunk them but he goes what what caused this to the genesis come? And again, that's where I learned there are some things in fiction that are, I mean, some things in real life that are not as, not as bad as fiction. Like yeah. Some of the things that he discovers are kind of, you know, gross. And so, yeah, um, but yeah he does a whole thing on Bigfoot, but it's really interesting. That's interesting. Apparently Bigfoot smells really bad. That's <laughs> yes, the, that's, there's the skunk man is Bigfoot is another version, like another yeah. telling of Bigfoot is skunk man because Bigfoot smells bad. Really bad, really bad. Yes. Apparently that's one of the ways you can tell he's close is, is, the, is the smell. Is the yes. Gosh, that's awesome. So what a great detail. Yes. So you're gonna have a stinky encounter. So just be prepared for that. Yeah, just be ready. Remember you said no to UFOs and Loch Ness. So that's you know, true. I, you're stuck I with a stinky Bigfoot. Yeah, you, you might wanna go back to something else. <laughs> like, oh my gosh. Okay. 
Shameless self-promotion time. Talk about your books and how to find you on social media and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, first of all, thank you guys so much for having me. I love this format. You guys have both been incredibly delightful. So thank you so much for having me to, or asking me, having me be a part of this. It's It's been awesome. Um, absolutely welcome. You've been so much fun. So, well, thank you. Um, the Memory Index is the name of my book. Um, and you can find me on Instagram at Julian Ray Vaca, J-U-L-I-A-N-R-A-Y-V as in Victor, A-C-A. And you can connect with me online at julianraybaca.com. And he's going to have a newsletter you can subscribe to so that you can get all the updates on what's happening. Yes. Yay. Yes. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. So thank you again for being here. Um, this has been Drinking with Authors, the Literary Briefs Edition. My amazing co-host has been Danielle, the Fairy Queen Orsino. Do you see how I worked that all together like that? That was beautiful. <laughs> Our guest has been Julian Baca, and we will see you guys next time. Like Bye and subscribe. <laughs>